back to the Sleepaway Great Debate Show. I'm Sheehan, and let me tell you about an underdog story from Sunday. Said the team was too old, the game had passed them by. Couldn't match it with the young, explosive outfits. They couldn't beat the reigning champions. But they did. That's the story of Australia winning the T20 Cricket World Cup on Sunday afternoon. Shout out, Mitch Marsh. If you're going to roll your eyes and tell me that cricket's boring and sucks, well, did you even watch this Sunday's games? Joining me at the podium tonight is a man who likes Cher, Adela Madonna, only needs one name. From Rum Boys, 32-bit and Sleepawire, it's Ted Mosby's arch-rival architect, Sven. How you doing, man? What's up, dude? <laughs> now, it's Monday night. We're, well, not not probably 90 minutes removed from seeing Odell and Von Miller in the Rams outfit for the uh, the first time. That is true. Do you need any Monday night miracles? I don't I don't believe so. And if I do, then it's something completely outrageous. Um, I need some miracles not to happen for other squads. Yeah. You know, so I'm gonna put the kibosh on their miracles, hopefully. <laughs> I need some um uh, some similar performances than I've had from quarterbacks in recent weeks, like a Colt McCoy turning in negative points or uh or Tyrod Taylor turning in negative before that that's the sort of miracle I need from people hey. tonight. Anything is possible. Honestly, this season has taught us, I think, that literally anything can happen every single week. Like, nothing is a guarantee. Yeah, I mean, we saw some – we nearly saw some any given Sunday action uh, with the uh, the Lions and the Steelers. We certainly saw it with um, with the Dolphins on Thursday night. Sorry for uh, those listeners who heard that. There's fireworks going off in the background here. I think they're just very excited about us talking about the Dolphins and the Ravens here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, ex- the exciting life I live in North London here. And, um, again, we, we saw some uh, any given Sunday action, of course, with the, the Washington football team and the Bucks. But um, we're not talking about any given Sunday. In fact, we're talking about any given Tuesday waiver wire run tonight. And we have – Two names for you who might be big league winners if they're still on your waiver wire at this late stage of the season. One corner, we have a man with quads so large, they're Octos, AJ Dillon from the Green Bay Packers. The other, we have this week's rookie sensation and preseason MVP, one of my favorites, Ramondre the Rhino Stevenson. As always, we will have two minutes to make a case for our player followed by a minute of rebuttal. The end of debates will cover any additional thoughts. Of course, we have the challenge flag, seldom used but always introduced. Each of us can throw our challenge flag once during the other person's time. Challenge must be in the form of a question, can't be in the first 30 seconds of the other person's spiel. I'll be making the case for Quadzilla himself, AJ Dillon. But first, Sven, tell us why Ramondre Stevenson is worth spending the last scraps of our fab on. Oh boy. My first time on the great debate. Let's do it. So Stevenson played in 55% of the offensive snaps this past weekend. Uh, next was Bolden with 27, then JJ Taylor with 19%. Clearly he had some struggles in the beginning. I mean, I think he fumbled once, um, which Bell Belichick does not like. So if you fumble, you are going to the doghouse. That was clearly not the case this past weekend, right? He had 20 carries, five targets, four catches, a uh, hundred rushing yards, two touchdowns. That's five yards per carry. Um, yes, the Cleveland Browns do not have a good run defense, but you still have to you still have to play every single week, right? Who would have thought, like we just mentioned, that the Dolphins would have beat the Ravens on Thursday night? Like that, I don't think anybody saw that coming. The Dolphins didn't. The Ravens clearly did not. So 
Stevenson has clearly earned the trust, right, of Bill Belichick. Now, everybody's probably thinking, and I'm thinking the exact same thing, Damian Harris will come back eventually, right? But I think that this performance from this past week has warranted that Stevenson will and should get more work, right? He's clearly taking advantage of his opportunities. Um, What I'm seeing happen is Damian Harris will still be the starter, but I see Stevenson taking that, that passing back role. Right. And I think he's going to surpass Brandon Bolden, JJ Taylor. Clearly Um, Damian Harris has 11 catches on 13 targets in nine games. Stevenson has the exact same stat line in six games. He had five targets last game, four catches. I think that this guy is going to, uh, he is a must. I think he's a must pick up in at least 12 team, 14 team. I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't on your waiver wire, but I think he should be picked up in 12 team. He has flex appeal and RB two upside, especially in PPR formats. Um, And their schedule rest of the season is actually not that difficult for the Patriots from the running standpoint. Some very compelling points you made there. Uh, Thanks, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> Not bad for my first Did time. You? No, pretty good. Did you ever hear the tale of Jonas Gray, though? It's not a story the Jedi would tell you. I don't have time to go into it here, but give him a Google and you'll see what I mean. Last seen rattling cans outside the Dunkin' Donuts next to Foxborough Stadium. The Patriots go through running backs like Liz Taylor went through husbands, but don't worry, listeners, the references get much more topical from here. Through 10 weeks, the Rhino himself has been a healthy scratch four times. As you say, fumbled in week one earned himself a three-week holiday on the sidelines. Even after his last breakout performance, he had the next week off. You say Damian Harris is due back. Harris has been awesome this year. He's not as exciting as some of the big-name running backs, but he has been hitting the hole hard. He looks explosive, fights for every single yard. It's not to say that Stevenson doesn't, just they have similar skill sets from that point of view. Brandon Bolden is still there as every... One who listens to this uh, show knows I absolutely hate Brandon Bolden. He's going to steal points. JJ Taylor's still there. And his bye is week 14. That's the playoffs in some leagues. Whew, that one minute goes fast when you have a lot of points it, to make. It does. It does. Re- Holy crap. It really does go by a minute, you know, like, and then, and then the rebuttal too. Like I'm really trying to think of what I'm going to say about your man. Cause it's, it's let's see. <laughs> Well, let's see how we go. In case you missed it, oh, I should should have just, we're talking about AJ Dillon here. In case you missed it, Aaron Jones has an MCL sprain. What did AJ Dillon do in his place this week? Casual 128 yards, two touchdowns, if you don't mind, umpire, please. Last time Aaron Jones was out in the backfield was AJ Dillon's on his own. 129 yards and two scores. Even with some negative regression, if we follow that linearly, this week, 127 yards and two touchdowns, still pretty good. Dylan's role has been growing in recent weeks, sharing the backfield more with Jones. He's only had fewer than 12 combined touches once in the past seven games. Excellent. Follow that. Uh, follow the opportunity, as we always say on the show, don't follow the production. But I tell you what, here's some production you can follow if we're talking about indicative metrics. He's a 17.1% broken tackle rate, 82nd percentile in the league. He is impossible to bring down. He has 72.7% of his yards coming after contact. That is the 95th percentile. That is absolutely the upper echelon. And if you think about the league's best power backs, the league's best runners, the hard men to bring down, it's Derek Henry and Nick Chubb. And you know what? AJ Dillon has better yards per carry after contact than both those absolute beasts. And Dillon can catch the ball too. He's averaging 8.3 yards per reception, which is pretty good for a running back. 
Let's circle all the way back. I hate that phrase, but let's circle back and talk MCLs here. They help stabilize the knee. They stop it from flexing too far inward, allows the knee to rotate. Basically, all the motion you need to be able to play running back effectively at the NFL level. It's not like an ACL where you can go in straight lines. MCL, no good. So although Aaron Jones's injury might seem minor, can also linger, hamper his effectiveness, and all of a sudden, A.J. Dillon is leading the backfield of one of the most explosive dynamic offenses in the league. The weather's getting colder, especially up there in Green Bay. It's running season, and they've got a wrecking ball, A.J. Dillon. So tell me why I'm wrong. Solid points right there, my man. <laughs> this is going to be a rough minute. It really is. It's because, like you said, this is a it's a it's a it is a very different situation, right? Like so, like you said, Dylan, they're they're starting to work him up, um, and they have when Aaron Jones is healthy, right? Aaron Jones is not going to be healthy for the next two weeks. They have a bye, I think, after that third week, right? So Aaron Jones could potentially be out for four weeks, right? The biggest argument that I can make for AJ Dillon is that he was not used in the passing game that much. And maybe this guy, Patrick Taylor, I believe, is another running back on the squad, right? Does that ring a bell? Um, I don't know who Patrick Taylor is, but AJ Dillon only got two targets, but they did they, they did go for 62 yards, right? The strength of schedule for the Packers also towards the end of the season, it's Kind of one of the toughest, right? But I think these two weeks, though, is where you're going to capitalize on AJ Dillon. And, and it's tough. It's really tough to debate this right now because he's going to be the starter. He's going to be the guy who's going to get 20, 20 plus touches. I know I didn't I didn't fulfill, you know, like my actual destiny of like trying to argue against that. But it's it, they're, they're both they both hold value. They both hold value. But AJ Dillon is, is the guy and he's leagues ahead of whoever else they have. I, I totally agree. We sort of, from this, kind of move into a discussion about both the players, sort of arguments aside. I totally agree that they both have value. Um, I think Dylan, for me, has the predictable workload, at least for the next two weeks, assuming he's not injured. And I, I really think that this injury is going to linger and hamper Jones more than they want him to. Even if Jones is back, we're still going to see a split with Dylan, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And I just don't trust New England to give Stevenson the snaps, give them the carries uh, that he he's probably earned. I really do like Damian Harris. I guess the upside is that Stevenson might be a better goal line back. Um, he's certainly better pass catching back. But again, you know he what, did, what do he we did know? Vulture some touchdowns from I think Harris. He did score like there was one game when he had two touchdowns, but he only had like five yards rushing. Right, so. I, I agree with you on the goal line. I think it's going to be very interesting. And Bill, Bill has himself a good, he's in a good situation, right? From a team standpoint, but us, obviously yeah. these guys are playing NFL for our fantasy teams. Like we all know that, right? Like that's, they're not there to play football. They're here for our fantasy teams. So it, <laughs> it, it really is. I just think the passing, I think the passing work is going to be there for him. And I'm hoping that he, takes it and like literally runs with it. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I've been fairly firm in this belief on Stevenson basically even before the draft was that he was the best pass catching back. He might not have been as dynamic as some of the others like a Najee Harris, but in terms of his skill set, he has natural hands. He's the best pass blocker in the class. And I actually thought that, you know, people were making lazy comparisons with LeGarrette Blunt 
after draft. He's, for me, the James White replacement. Different sorts of player, but he's that third down back. Easily. Easily. Um, so I, I've been a massive agreed, fan of Stevenson. Agreed with the James White, been, yeah. Been trying to force uh, the Rhino into popular culture as as a nickname for him. I think it suits him perfectly. Um, <laughs> did you create I, that? Did you create that I, nickname? I did. Nice. We're going to have to have I've him been on trying a show to get it out there. And, uh, and, and see how he feels about it. <laughs> I've, I've tweeted it to him, but he's, he's not got back to me, sadly. No, uh, all right. I've, well, I've tweeted it at the Patriots as well. And still nothing. Really, my only ally here has been Josh from Front Yard Fantasy uh, in, in terms of getting it out there. They have a, you know, a comparable listenership to us, probably slightly ahead, if I'm honest. But, um, you know, you, we, we need the more I mention it, the more it's going to get out there. Hey, like you said in our 32-bit chat, uh, just keep throwing mud, my man, right? Just keep throwing I, the mud at the wall. <laughs> That's that's how it works. You just keep throwing darts and see what happens. It's like the draft. The more picks, the better. Um, oh, exactly. Let's let's say here, this is a, maybe it's a real situation. Both these players on the waiver wire in a league for you. You've got, let's say, limited limited fab. It, it, it's enough, but like, is this the week you go chips in on one of these players? And if if it is, who is it? Oh. I guess my argument that I completely forgot to make before was that AJ Dillon's probably not going to be available on your waiver wire, right? He's owned, I believe in like 70% of like on average, like 70% of leagues where Stevenson's only owned in, you know, I think maybe like less than 50. Right. So if I'm, if I picking one of the two, clearly I'm not going to go with my guy. I'm going with AJ Dillon because he's going to be the starter. He's going to get you production for the next two weeks. Right. He could help you get over that hump and potentially get into your playoffs. Right. Aaron Jones is going to come back probably after the buy, but I just, I still think that AJ Dillon probably carries the more value um, because of how they're using him, even with one of the most talented running backs ahead of him on the depth chart. But it's just uh, the, the Packers are there. This is just an odd squad right now. I believe um, Dillon does have that value in a split backfield where Stevenson probably doesn't. Uh, as you say, uh, in terms of roster ship percentage, Stevenson is thirty nine percent on sleeper at the moment. AJ Dillon sixty six percent. So there's still, I mean, Dillon's out there in in thirty four percent of leagues uh, by that that metric, um, and that's why I actually chose these two this week as as our topic because they're both going to be the most added players this week. But it's whether if you if they're both out there, which one is it that you want? Right. Exactly. And I picked up, I actually picked up Stevenson probably in three leagues on Sunday morning. He was available before the game started. I was like, you know what? I'm just, why not? Cause I think I had like someone on my bench and I was like, you know what? Just let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Right. And I think there was one league that I'm in um, with a couple of people from the industry. Uh, Marcus is actually in this league and Stevenson was, I have, that's, uh, I have Mar- Marcus Grant for those listeners at home. Uh, that is, yes, that's just, just, um, I'll, I'll grab a dustpan and brush for all these names you're dropping here, man. <laughs> and I have, I have Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt. Those are my two running backs. So clearly I need help. Right. And I saw Stevenson out there and he was out there on Sunday morning, which I thought was a little odd in a league like this. I mean, there were, there's, there's some people in this league and I was like, I don't care who I'm dropping. Pick him up, started him. He scored me like thirty points, and I was like, "This is amazing." Yeah, I um, 
he was on the waiver wire in the oh, in my home league as well. That's no surprise. I mean, it's a ten team league, but um, also in the down under bowl as well. And um, so I, I scooped him up and played him there. He's on my taxi squad in quite a few, and I'm sort of toying with whether it's worth activating him up in in a couple of those dynasty leagues. But I just um, did. I just did in a dynasty. Nice. I do have um, got Dylan in a few places as well. So I'm, I'm hoping they can carry me into the playoffs. We've we've sort of covered these two from all angles. I think we're both big fans of, of both of them. You can't really go wrong here. Um, who else are you targeting this week? Honestly, I hadn't really checked it out because, like, at this point, besides these two guys, I mean, these two guys, like, Stevenson – it's clearly going to be the number one ad, right? Yes, Dylan will be too, but his roster ship is 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 a little bit higher. I think I checked every single one of my leagues. I don't think he's available in any league, nor is Stevenson because I have him in a majority of them. <laughs> right? Well, so, as you were, sir, well, sorry that, I cut you off. Uh, no, no, that's okay. I was going to say, that being the case, um, I'll throw some names at you and you can sort of say if you're you're interested in them or not. Um, as other options this week if these two aren't there. Deonta Foreman uh, on the Titans. I was just looking at him, actually. I don't know, honestly. If I if I was very desperate, right, I guess I would go to pick him up. Like, he, he had what? I think he had 11 carries. Um, five rushing attempts. 30 no, yards. He had 11, 30 yards, right? Two t- targets, two catches, 48 yards. You could do worse. <laughs> You yeah. could do worse, but I guess Deonta Foreman for a buck and I have the roster space. I'm going to go for it, but I don't know what the Titans are going to do in the backfield, right? We saw McNichols get some carries. We saw AP get carries. We saw Deonta. Like, I just I just don't know week to week. It's going to be too – I don't, I don't want that headache, I guess. And if I have to start Deonta Foreman, clearly a lot of my players are hurt or I just drafted very bad. Yeah, it's still for me, McNichols is the one you want in that backfield. He's going to catch passes. He did it with Derek Henry in the team, and although mm-hmm. it sort of hasn't borne out that way so far, I, he's still the the man I want in that sort of J.D. McKissick's type role. Another um, lowly rostered running back, Wayne Gorman, if Cordell Patterson is going to miss significant time. Any interest in him potentially as a, a backup to Mike Davis? Maybe. I mean, he had what? 15 carries, 55 yards this past game. Um, Dallas defense. They're, they've gotten better. I'll say that as a Cowboys fan. Uh, I guess I would maybe give him a look. I probably, okay, let me say this. I'd probably rather have Wayne Gallman maybe than Deonta Foreman. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd agree with you there. I, I think so. It, there would have been people who scooped up Foreman after last week. Wayne Goldman's probably out there on most waiver wise. I would say he's only got a three percent roster ship on on sleeper, so I think you know he's going to be out there most. One percent uh, Yahoo. Uh, yeah, he's out there. Cam Newton. Uh, now I don't want to say like I just I, it's it's great to see Cam back in a Panthers uniform, right? I bet Panthers fans are probably smitten right now, like after he scored those touchdowns. Now, will he do that every single week? I don't know. He's familiar with the team, but this is a new rule. Huh? Huh. See what I see? What I, yeah. Put it, see what I did there? Um, 
I don't, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess so. Maybe I would take a, a stab at him just because of his running ability. Right. And I know that some leagues, like I'm in one league where if a quarterback runs for a touchdown, it's nine points instead of six. Goodness. Like, so like maybe a league like that, I would think to get him in, but, uh, or could it just be from the excitement that he did so well last week? Like the fact that he was back and actually playing. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? So I don't I don't know. Yeah. I think there could have been an element of them not game planning for him. True. Um, and having watched, well, two things. The Panthers clearly not afraid to run their quarterback, as we saw with Sam Darnold early in the season. And having watched Cam Newton on the Patriots uh, last year, I couldn't take another snap of that guy under centre. Um, he is. He looked washed. Maybe a bit of extra time off. He's he's recovered a bit more. He's got definitely got better weapons around him. Um, and you know he's going to be that short yardage power back as well. If you if you're thin at quarterback, you could do worse than Cam Newton. I mean, I'd I'd True. rather Newton than like a Jared Goff. Or I was um, just going to say Jared Goff, <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah, it probably comes down coming down on the line with Mac Jones, but, um, you know, you, you getting the right, the rushing yards. And as much as I like Mac, um, he's not going to be a, a hugely productive fantasy quarterback for you. I think for most of his career, I have a feeling he's going to be a good NFL quarterback, which sometimes unfortunately does not translate. Uh, Joe Flacco was a great NFL quarterback when he was on the Ravens. I mean, he took him to a Super Bowl. He was not a good fantasy quarterback though. <laughs> yeah, now he's like not. he had some seasons where he just played bad, right? Exactly. Now he's exactly <laughs> now he's playing. He's wearing nineteen on the Jets. <laughs> that's uh, that's how far <laughs> that he's sums, fallen. That sums it up right there. <laughs> I suppose we're talking about Mac Jones, Kendrick Bourne. Any interest there? See, that's the thing, man. I actually had Kendrick Bourne a few weeks ago in one league. We're talking like deep benches where not many guys were on the waivers. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, he was getting production and then he disappeared for weeks. Right. So that's, that's the thing that like Jacoby Myers, I feel like like is almost in that same boat. Congrats, Jacoby. You know, if you're listening on your first NFL touchdown, <laughs> that was not thrown. He's actually, big listener. You know, scored. <laughs> um. Never I guess it. I would, I would take a, right. That's awesome. Um, I would, I would probably roster Kendrick Bourne if I were to, I don't know if I would start him though. I think I'm, I would put in. A, I'm a big fan of Kendrick Bourne. Um, it, it occasionally comes up on the, on this or the other pod that um, I, I usually have a, a an accumulator or, or multi bet for touched anytime touchdown scorers on a Sunday. And Kendrick Bourne is one of the names that I usually throw in there, and he's come good the last couple of weeks. But I know exactly what you mean. It's it's the same New England lottery we talked about with Stevenson. Is, is it going to be his week or not? And really, you can't count on anyone other than uh, Jacoby Myers or, or Hunter Henry, unfortunately. Um, are there any other names you want to talk of? Uh, any other names you want to talk about? Or uh, do you want to wrap it up and tell the good people where they can find you? I think that's it, my man. I mean, those are definitely your top, probably easily the the ones that we talked about are your top waiver ads this week by far. Um, the the Wayne Gallman and Deonta Foreman are very interesting. Cam, I think those are those are all solid ones, right? I mean, it's it's I I highly doubt a lot of people as as they're listening to us right now, they're, 
they're looking at their waivers. You know what I mean? But everybody's thinking about Monday night. What's OBJ going to do, right? What's Von Miller going to do in in a Rams uniform? It's going to be very interesting to see that tonight, though. That's for sure. I am excited. Um, I just hope that Cooper Cup still scores, you know, like three times, 115 yards and I don't know, 15 catches. I think that's doable, right? Yeah, I need, I think, uh, one catch for five yards from him to to win a game over... uh, one of my good fantasy mates, so uh, I'll be hoping for that from Cooper. Actually, talking about that game, give me a this. This will come out after Monday Night Football, obviously. Give me a, a stat line for OBJ tonight. A stat line for OBJ. Um, I could see Stafford loves to throw the ball, right? Stafford's a baller. He does not care. I don't care. He's going to throw it. Um. All right, give me San Francisco's defense is not that good. I actually see like 90 yards, a touchdown, and like seven catches for OBJ. I think you're a bit more bullish than me. I was going to say six targets, three catches, 29 yards, and a touchdown. Ooh, okay. I'm only thinking because of I'm, I just see a big play. Like I just see like a, you know what I mean? I Like not a one-handed catch like big play like OBJ, but I just, I see Stafford like going, you know what, you know what bro? We're going to, we're setting a statement like, I need you to run deep and I'm just going to toss it. <laughs> I'd love to see him um, get it on a slant and and take it to the house. Like that's the o- OBJ I love to watch. I mean, as you say, he's got the one-handed, one-handed catch. He does things on the football field that just others don't do. And I, I've missed that. And I'm hoping that we can see a bit of that where no matter your sort of thoughts on the Rams and their kind of salary cap off approach to, uh, to playing the, the game. Cool. So we're, uh, I think, I can't remember if we've already done this. Uh, you might get a, a double plug here. <laughs> Tell the good people where they can find out about you and see what you're up to. Yeah, well, you, you dropped me, you dropped me in, the, uh, in the beginning of the episode, but at the end, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Fantasy Sven. That's S-V-E-N. Uh, I've been writing articles. They haven't been published yet, but... Uh, for 32-bit, oh, what's 32-bit, you ask? Uh, check it out on Twitter. Um, I am part of that. Also, the Sleeper Wire show. You can catch me most Sunday mornings if I'm available on the uh, on the Blitz with uh, with Sheehan over here and our boy George and Jason, uh, which is an absolute blast. I absolutely love Start State Questions. And, yeah. You're damn right. The Blitz is, uh, is my favorite show each week. I like it because I don't have to do any prep. And I can just sort of show up and answer questions for a couple of hours. It's boom, boom, boom. It's great. Well, thanks everyone for tuning into the great debate. Shout out Jacoby Myers, big listener. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Sleepawire Show. Chuck us a few dollars on Patreon if you're so inclined. If not, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff on your favorite podcast platform. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Sheehan Solo. That's S-H-E-A-H-A-N-S-O-L-O. We'll catch you next time.